I love you. Ladies, men, and gentlefolk all, I know you're looking at the title and you're wondering, are we being lied to? This is like the third or fourth fucking TV Talks episode in the same amount of months. The Green Traveler's lying to us. He's, I know, it's crazy. He's able to actually do this. He's going through movies and shows. Well, it's not really true, honestly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to watch more television. I'm trying to get back into that scene because I, I do love it. It's just hard for me to just sit down and actually watch a right. television show. And I don't know why. I really haven't like done any of the deep soul-searching work to figure that out. But uh, yeah, the reason I was able to get through this one... Is because I have a very disgusting and insatiable crush on Anya Taylor Joy. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, well, yeah, probably that's probably true. Yeah, but, I, well, uh, it's not. It's not really that disgusting. I'm not like stalking her, but <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do absolutely love her. I think she's an amazing actor and absolutely gorgeous. And so I just ate this whole show up because it's, I fucking love her. I think she's like she's my new Audrey. She's Hepper. super talented. Yeah. Oh yeah, she is. She is a great actor. If she wants to come yeah. on the show for an interview, I'm sure she's scared off. But if she wants to, I'll be very, <laughs> <laughs> be very excited about that. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Yeah. She made it really easy to get through this show. Oh yeah. And but, I mean, her, there's course. other reasons to get. I mean, I yeah. think it was pretty well written too, and really good cinematography as well for this oh, show. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was that was the 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 call. To the Queen's Gambit, which is what we're going to be talking about today. That was mm-hmm. the call for me. Was uh, Anya Taylor Joy? I'd heard a lot of good stuff about it. It's on Netflix, you know, so it's available to stream. You know, it's easy for you to watch <laughs> on your couch. And once we had finished whatever the new Disney show was, did we watch it after Falcon and Winter Soldier? Did we watch? Yeah, we yeah we did. Okay, wow. I couldn't remember if I watched <laughs> it before Falcon or watched it after. But, yeah, once I was done with whatever show we were watching, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get back into television. I turned yeah. on the TV. I went to Netflix. It was the first thing there, and I saw Andy Taylor Joy's series. face. And I'm like, and it was a miniseries. Exactly. There's only seven episodes, which, you know, if they want to do a second season, I'm all fucking on board with that because the first season was great. I, I think, think they should a lot leave more. it at this. Should well, it well this. I think there's – here's what I'll say. I think there's more to explore and I would be excited to see them explore it. But what they have created here is a perfect little package, and I'm okay with it ending here. Okay. But if they want to do a second season, they've got my ass back on the couch. All right. Okay. I am the Green Traveler. And I am the Faceless Leon. <laughs> this is a show about movies and TV. It's about TV today. And sometimes when we do that, when we talk about the TV, I like to talk about the other TV that I am TVing on my TV screen. So, take me out to the living room. Take me out to my chair. Turn on the TV and binge the tube. I don't care if we even eat before it's the faceless pitch. That's right. I did it right this time. This is the segment. Like train grinding. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm getting into the <laughs> I'm sure it sounds awful. Um, this segment is brought to you by me about TV. I get three pitches where I'll talk about uh, a show using baseball terms because I can. This is America. And we are by no means affiliated with the Major League of Baseball. No, we are not. If any teams want to sponsor us, I'm totally down for that. Oh, fun. yeah. Oh, dude. that would Okay, we'd probably have to pay them for this, but could you imagine like that little illustration out in the uh, out in the outfield uh, plastered <laughs> on the fence? Our face just put all yeah. over the, the outfield lawn mode. <laughs> okay, that would be a lot of money. Okay, so first to bat, once upon a time. The strength of this uh, fairy tale modern day mix franchise wavers from season to season, but there are plenty of story arcs that score runs for me. Uh, the show balances its story between flashbacks in the Enchanted Forest and in Storybook Maine, which is supposed to be a present day reality of uh, 2011. And also cash in on that Stephen King bullshit. Yes, yeah. 
Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Be, and there's a lot of lost there. allusions too, because it's a couple of the same writers and creators, whatever. Yeah, showrunners. Yeah, and uh, I know that you've watched a, a portion of 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 this, but I've seen the whole yeah. thing. Well, it's it's it, it's interesting you bring up Lost because that was the only reason I started watching it was because right. it just you know Lost had just ended, and I was like looking for shows like Lost, and this was advertised as you know the Lost of the fantasy fairy tale world, and I was like, right, okay, I'm fucking on board, right, and they kept me on, they kept me on board for a good like two seasons yeah especially like especially when i started turning into kingdom hearts like almost literally with the hearts (laughs) because we were yeah i think around that time we were also playing those games yeah yeah we were deep into that shit rather whether they are playing in the outfield or the infield this show has fans in the stands because of star players like jennifer goodwin as snow white slash mary margaret jennifer morrison as Emma Swan and Lana Parilla, whose dad played for the Phillies as the evil queen <laughs> and Regina Mills slash Regina Mills. Well, are you booing the, her dad or the Phillies? I'm booing the Phillies. Yeah, yeah. Dad was probably a great player, but um, as a Braves fan, and I'm sorry if we have uh, listeners in Philadelphia, I've been to Philadelphia, beautiful uh, city, but not, you uh-huh. know, I, I do have respect for the Phillies. They are a great team, but they're my arch enemies. And therefore, they are a <laughs> shit team. Well, uh, there goes Pennsylvania. Uh, anyhow, uh, oh, these. Pa- no. <laughs> there goes Pennsylvania. Oh, no, Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> so these power hitters are backed up by their uh, male compatriots. Josh Dallas as Prince Charming slash, slash David Nolan, lifetime MVP Robert Carlyle as Rumple Stillskin yeah. slash Mr. Gold slash The Dark One, and <gasps> Colin O'Donohue as Captain Killian Hook Jones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about him. I forgot about Hook Jones. Uh, they don't really like cheer like they do in baseball games, do they? When each player comes out. Yeah, I sometimes. mean, in basketball. I mean, you know how like they come out in the, the basketball. Oh no, they don't. Yeah, crazy. they don't. I don't okay. think they really do the lineup, but you know they they'll, they'll cheer. There's a lot more players. Get up to the plate. Okay. And Josh Dallas, by the way, is the uh, real life husband of Snow White. They. <laughs> they oh really? Started, they did get together. Right? That's cute. Yeah, they, they married. They, yeah, they got together on the show, and then they got together in real life, and then they had a kid in real life, I believe. I don't know if they're oh. still together. I hope so. That was, you know, that storybook so, romance. It's, you know what? They do pretty well on screen together, too, but goddamn, Jennifer Goodwin is super awesome uh, in that show. Yeah, I wasn't. I always liked her more in the flashbacks. Yeah, she was a badass as Snow White. She's a badass. And in, 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 in the. Uh, the modern day, you know, boring real life world. I can't remember right. what that's called. It's storybook, isn't it? It's storybook man. Right, yeah, storybook man. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's where I got storybook. I was like, where did that come from? <laughs> but yeah, in, in that modern day world, I didn't really care for much of the characters outside of was her name Regina, the the queen. The yeah, evil. yeah. The I I honestly love her story arc, especially yeah. as the story she was my keeps on character. going. Yeah, yeah. yeah she well, well, actually, no, actually, Rapunzel was my. Rapunzel, Jesus. Uh, what was his name? Rumpelstiltskin was my favorite. Rumpelstiltskin, character. yeah. Robert Kyle really was the MVP of this show. We we can't. We also can't forget our cutest and bravest little pop uh, plot point. Henry Mills, played by Jared Gilmore. <laughs> Henry Mills was quite the shortstop. He he did a, a great job. I don't know enough about saying, baseball to to make this analogy. Shortstop just because he's a kid. He's maybe maybe. Uh, so anyhow. Uh, this show had uh, a great showstopper in the sixth inning. Then, sadly, the franchise came back from the seventh inning stretch after trading both Jins and a Josh for Diana Ramirez as Cinderella and uh, Rose Reynolds as Alice. But not the same Cinderella or Alice that earlier seasons and the 2013 minor league spinoff once upon a time in Wonderland, had betrayed in the past. <sighs> so they what? just ret- yeah, they just retcon characters. It's so weird for this last season. I didn't even know about this. That is yeah. ballsy. 
Yeah, it is. They're just like, hey, we feel like we didn't do enough for these characters. And it's like, okay, but you definitely used these characters. So it, it really was strange. So there are a couple of homers in that last season, though, especially from Robert Carlyle concerning Lost Star Emile de Ravine. Oh, uh, Claire. Yeah, Claire. Um, or should I say Belle? Yeah, I didn't know if I was going to give that away. It's a first season reveal, but... Oh, yeah. I don't... Yeah. I think... Yeah. yeah. Whatever. It, <laughs> it, this show has been over for a couple years, and it started in 2011, like I said, so I'm sure some isn't people the dark, know spoilers. Isn't Robert Carlyle being the dark one a, a big reveal, too? <laughs> uh, well, not really, because Rumpelstiltskin is just... He's he Real. is the dark one. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. I <laughs> all in all, uh, a fun show to stick through uh, the rough patches for. But the final season had fans leaving before the bottom of the ninth. That's my review for Once Upon a Time. Yeah, I'll take your uh, I'll take your pitch. I'll uh, hit a double off of it, and then I'll be stranded there by my teammates because I <laughs> agree about. I mean, I guess I I can't disagree because I never got to the series finale. Right, but I, I stayed with this show for a while. Mm. I, you know, I watched it religiously when it was coming out for I, I want to say the first three seasons, and whenever they right. started doing the Wicked stuff, when it, when Wicked came in, uh, Wicked Witch of the West, that is, when she came in, that's when I started kind to tune out. They do a good that, stuff with Zelina as they go on, but right. the opening is kind of rough. And yes, that is like the roughest part of the show is that season. And then the the Frozen stuff is rough too. But after that, it's really good. The I think the fifth and sixth seasons are pretty good. And yeah. then the, I don't know why they came back. I just don't know. Because they had yeah. a really good ending to the show and they still came back. Yeah, I mean, I can't, again, I can't speak to that, but like I, I watched it religiously through Wicked and then I tried with Frozen. That's right. where I ended. Because I tried to give them another season. And I got like maybe halfway through their Frozen shit. And I'm like, nope, I'm done. I'm not coming yeah. back for this. I, I completely so, understand. But that the yeah. fifth season probably is the best season. And, yeah, first uh, pitch, double stranded by my teammates. There you go. They all struck out. Shit's Creek. That's what you might say. Something to that effect about the last show. But this show had a winning season each year and a new exact and it knew exactly when to retire uh this being Shit's Creek I, I confused myself with my own segue uh co-created by father and son duo Daniel and Eugene Levy oh yeah who also star <laughs> as father and son David and Johnny Rose alongside sister and mother Alexis and Moira played by Annie Murphy, and Catherine O'Hara. It's a fucking great show. Uh, in the open, this team boasts big money, but somehow their star players end up being housed in a crusty motel in Schitt's Creek on an away game nightmare that seems to never end. They meet townies Chris Elliott, Emily Hampshire, Sarah Levy, Dustin Mulligan, Noah Reed, Jennifer Robertson, and Karen Robinson. This whole team works hard, so this comedy of errors is an errorless game through and through. The plot tr slowly trades selfishness for all types of love, whether familial, romantic, or friendship. By the end, the fans and the players all know that they played the perfect series. No need for game seven. <laughs> there you go. What do you think? What do you think about Shit's Creek? I think it was so exciting that you set my dog off and she's howling in the background. <laughs> From everything I have heard about Shit's Creek, it's been on my list. And yeah, this is one that I would definitely watch. For the stars alone. In regards to a pitch, it's, uh, it's a strike right down the middle that I'm definitely going to swing at someday. Uh, oh yeah. But it's going to take me a while to get there because there's a lot of other shows before it on a list and I'm a I'm really bad at this, guys. That's that's fair. That's fair. And if you ever do, you know, anything we do the faceless pitch on, I don't care if like if we decide to do an episode on it. We could be loosey goosey like that. It's our right. show, damn it. Exactly. But if you want it to be your show, let me offer you the uh, the Patreon before we get to the last pick. Uh, <laughs> let me offer to you our our wonderful Patreon. If you uh, if you like listening to us and you want to help us out, you can go to our Patreon. 
what is that? What is that website? It's uh, www.patreon.com slash green and faceless. Exactly. And there you will find a whole bunch of tiers, each with their yeah. own, you know, nice, lovely Benefits. accoutrements. Yeah. Yes. And things you can do with it. Uh, you can get vote for threesomes if you know we do our uh, show for free and we're gonna always do this show for free yeah. but if you want to support us we'd love that it might mean more shows it might mean who knows what it definitely means a lot to us so yeah we would really appreciate you guys checking it out it also would help with quality of the show you know yeah we, we'd be able to use this money to to actually get together to get a space where our dogs aren't barking in the background <laughs> where we don't have to worry about things like this yeah and it, you know it just it help us make a better show for you guys and uh also you know even even if if you don't want to subscribe to the patreon you could always help us out by just commenting and leaving feedback hell yeah we'd love here that here comes the next pitch this ending of the faceless pitch keeps on scoring runs and shows no sign of stopping <laughs> because next to bat is star girl with her cosmic staff. Oh man, I'm being super cheesy. Okay, the staff. <laughs> so the staff chooses high schooler Courtney Whitmore, played by Breck Bassinger, to be the next American themed superhero because her new stepdad just so happens to be old school sidekick Stripesy, aka Pat Dugan, played by all star Luke Wilson. That's right. Superhero show co-starring Luke Wilson. That's enough to get me into the door. So this is a CWDC show. And they, I know that seems like a downer. (laughs) That seems like a downer. And now they did, I did find out that they did introduce these characters in uh, the Infinity Crisis episode. However, there is no, there is no, crossover episode in this first season of Stargirl. It is solely their story, and I think it it 100% benefits from being solely their story. Nice. The story takes place on one of DC's many Earths. Uh, In this world, the old, old school heroes from the Justice Society of America, including Jay Garrick's Flash and Our Man, have all disappeared. Courtney takes it upon herself to rebuild the team to square off against their old rival, the Injustice Society of America. She recruits, <laughs> fe- yes, she recruits fellow high schoolers Yvette Monrell, Cameron Gelman, and Angelique Washington. Those are the stars' names as heroes that I'll let the listeners discover. Uh, despite their forgivable outfits. These heroes are great in the field, assisted by great choreography and special effects. Uh, they had some really cool shots. A surprisingly compelling story from CW that I had little hope for until it hit me with a home run pilot and kept loading bases each episode. Highly recommend this show for the whole family, especially your nerdy uncles. Hmm. It looks like a good pitch, and I might swing at it someday. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just kind of run dry on the CW shows. I, I, I stuck with the Flash and Arrow for so damn long. I'm 100% like, with you. Yeah, I don't know if I could return to that boat. This just has such a different feel for it with it. Right. And it might be because they had this whole league of supervillains already planned out from the beginning. I mean, really, dude. The Okay, so the villains' outfits are pretty good. But the, nice. the high school superheroes' outfits are are pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense though. They are high school superheroes. They are high school. They're high school superheroes that literally take the outfits from the old superheroes and tailor them to fit their bodies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it all sounds good. So it's you know, I definitely am interested. If you had said HBO, if it was yeah. on HBO, I would definitely. Have well, it is on, on HBO. Uh, Max. Well, I meant like I meant like if that's where it aired originally, like if that was part of the Titans and right. uh, that kind of universe, I'd be more interested because I'm I'm really interested in seeing Titans and Doom I am Patrol too. and all those films. Like I think all those sound interesting. I mean Titans just because you know, as much as I love Anya Taylor Joy, I also love Dick Grayson and the comic books. Right, right. So it's just like it's it's an equal fandom and crush for me there. So <laughs> like, I'm definitely down for Titans next. So. 
That sounds good. <laughs> I would say, though, highly recommend this show, despite it being involved with the CW, because it does not feel like a CW show. And, well, you know, I don't m- watch much of their other shows other than their superhero shows, so that, that could be yeah. misleading. But it... it it feels like a completely different thing, and I hope that in the future they just leave it out of and let it be its own thing, because it's yeah. it's perfect the way it is. I appreciate like the big, large entanglement of like four different shows. That takes a lot of work, but I mean, it's I'm also just tired of trying to keep up with it. Uh-huh. So just yeah. give me new stories. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I, I like the the overall connection of things. So it's like, just like every other nerd franchise we've talked about, I have a DC Comics styled story, right? That is eight eight separate television shows. Oh, that fuck. could be it could be bo- it could be boiled down to seven. I'm lenient. One of those is not necessary, but eight separate television shows that all together tell their own stories through their own eight. You know, seven of them tell their own stories through their shows, and the eighth one is the connecting universe where it's like the Justice League. Yeah, you know, all of them are working together, so it's like everything intertwines, but every story is mostly set. Characters can go on to other shows for episodes, of course, right. when they want yeah, to yeah. and when they're needed. You know, it's very similar to how like Flash and Arrow operated for a while. So, uh, how kind of how the actual comic books work? Like, yeah, exactly. I like that. Just let it be yeah, separate like, and then just have a crossover. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Just yeah. do the crossover. It can be semi-canon. And then sometimes Tom King is going to come out and kill characters left and right. And <laughs> other authors runs on comic books because now the characters they were using are dead because Tom King killed them in a major plot line. And, but that's fine. You know, it, it makes for entertaining comic book reading. Yeah, it doesn't piss pe- it doesn't piss people off at all. Um, I would say that from your from from your pitch with Star Girl, uh, I'll say that it, it looks like a very good curveball that I'm definitely going to swing at. It, it's the kind of curveball that I could easily miss, and it's a strikeout, and right. I'm mad at it, or I can knock it out of the park. So, well, I hope you do because I do think you enjoy that one. But anyhow, that's been the faceless pitch. Go home. No, let's Thanks talk about <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about Queen's Gambit. Uh, going off of the sports, the, the sports metaphor. That's right. Here we are with a sport. Game of games. Yeah, this is very much a powerhouse sports movie. Yeah. You know, it, or, I mean, it's a, it's a seven, seven episode miniseries, but, you know, it, it's, it's just like all those big football films or baseball films. But this time we're focusing on chess, which in America chess. doesn't really, it, it gets a lot of attention, but it doesn't get as much as it most certainly deserves i'm sure it used to get more during this this century that the the show is based in than it does Mm -hmm. now and uh yeah yeah the show the show is a period piece in the the late 50s and through the 60s and maybe a little bit of the 70s i can't remember you know during that time you see how much attention chess gets elsewhere specifically in russia where it is yeah you know, it is super serious there. They have people who are trained. They have bodyguards for their players. Like, right. <laughs> it's crazy. But the main story revolves around Beth Harmon, played by Anya Taylor-Joy. And Beth Harmon is a young orphan. She's orphaned very, like, what was she, six years old? Something like that. You know, young child. And in the orphanage, she comes across the maintenance man or the janitor, Mr. Scheibel, who's played by Bill Camp. And Mr. Scheibel is just a, he's a very quiet, very stern man, brooding, you know, dark eyes. He, he's always in shadow. He's right. He doesn't, know, he doesn't a, act like he's very interested in children or, or their well-being, really. Right. He just but plays chess. He just, he just plays he sits chess. at a table. Yeah. He's got his own little room in the basement and he just plays chess by himself. He, he'll set up a, a board and. He'll look yeah. at the problems and he'll solve them himself, and it intrigues Beth to the point where she has to figure out why it, he loves it so much. And he she does it just chess. by watching to start, yeah, which is so yeah. cool. Um, those she first couple of episodes with uh, with Mister Scheibel are really good and uh, endearing, uh, but this mm-hmm. show is also very much about addiction, where she and right. she gets started off as soon as she enters the orphanage. 
because of the institutional uh, use of sedatives for people in institutions such right. as as orphanages and asylums. So she immediately gets hooked on tranquilizers, and, yeah. and it's supposed to like put them put them you know relax them for the afternoon so they're easier to to handle, I guess. Yeah, to deal with, but. But one of her, one of the older orphans that she befriends, uh, Jolene, played by Moses Ingram, Jolene tells her, you know, don't take it immediately, you know, pocket it or palm it or however you have to, but just take it at night. They're much better at night. And so when she starts learning chess, she'll start taking the tranquilizers at night. And then she starts just imagining the chessboard on the ceiling above her. And, you know, she's moving all the pieces around. She's figuring out how to play the game. She's teaching herself. And it's just, it's really brilliant. And, you know, I want to commend this show on one thing. And, like, as you said, it's about addiction. But it doesn't play all the same tired old cards that we've seen That's about true. addiction. Yeah. So That's it's true. like, you know, one of my one of my problems with the United States versus Billie Holiday or Billie Holiday versus the United States, whichever way that went, was it focused so much on the addiction of her life and offered so little new about that, that yeah. theme. Yeah, you know, that's it, true. I'm not going to deny. It's like I won't deny that that's part of her life. But, you know, there was more to the character and it could have made it more through how they portrayed it. But they just used the same old, you know, look at this needle, you know, look, look, at, look at her hurting herself. That's that's all it was over and over again. And, you know, there's definitely some very harrowing moments with Beth in this in this yeah. story, especially towards the end of the show. Mm-hmm. But Billie Holiday, that was, you know, that was a real person. This is based off a novel, yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah. It's based off a novel uh, by Walter Tevis, who only wrote like six novels in his life. And of those was like The Color of Money. The, the six novels he wrote were all like, Made great novels movies. apparently like i've immediately i immediately went out and bought like four of them because i i loved the queen's gambit so much that i was just like i want to buy this book so now i bought that book and i went to a used bookstore and found three of more of his novels so i was like well, nice. buying these two because nice. you know I hope, I hope they live up to it and they're all very short so it's like it's nice um but yeah it, how this how this story though focuses on her addiction it, it even though as you said they show the harrowing moments and there there still is the same th- themes and like you know symbols right. that we see it still it somehow just does it in a fresher light where it's not just beating us over the head about the addiction yeah. there's so much more to beth than her addiction oh definitely and to continue your comparison like i'm sure there's so much more to billy but they just right. focused on that in that movie so i'm mm-hmm. i'm with you 100% that they do a yeah. really good job of showing how complex of a person she is. Uh, she does do so a lot of classic, you know, addiction moves, like pushing away anybody who might be good for her um, mm-hmm. in the story so that she could be alone and binge. And like what this show really, really is about, you know, obviously it's about chess and it's about addiction. But in between those two things, what it's really about is that she is a brilliant mind and player despite mm-hmm. her addiction. Right. Yeah, because she doesn't she doesn't need it and she doesn't right. always rely on it either. There's many moments where she's like I can do this without it and I'm going to do it without it. Right. And she just does. And then there are of course bigger moments where, you know, she feels more pressured and you have that cliched turn around, take the drugs and then show up and you're all sweating and you fail right. admirably. And but very well acted. Admi- <laughs> yeah. Very well oh acted. yeah, yeah. But but what it's about though is it's like it's like her finding herself, right. finding who she is in this world because she is a woman in a in a sport predominantly uh sorry, not predominantly dominated by men. Right. Like every time she goes to a championship, you know, there's always like one or two other women there who are like immediately beaten in round one, but all the men are just surrounding her table because she is just constantly beating people and how she does. So is so ferocious and impressive that Uh they're all just so astonished by her. And it's, it's her finding out how to be a person in this world. Yeah. She's an intuitive player and most people Mm -hmm. learn rather by studying and, and not to say that she doesn't study. She just, she just understands the board and the movements 
so that she can right. do it all just by looking at it. And that's another area that this show su- like severely impresses on is yeah. chess is a very complex game. Oh, there are yeah. so many so many strategies and moves and every move has its own name and every move signifies some other strategy that has its own name. Like it has been dissected and like severely studied yeah that you know that i mean they they call these people grandmasters for a reason when it gets to the, the top because they 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 have mastered this sport like they Definitely. you know it is such a mental accomplishment and this show takes all of that and boils it down in just the right amount of information needed to make it really interesting to watch Right. But not too complex to understand. Yeah, there are definitely some times where I watch it and I feel like um, her her adoptive mother, Alma uh, Wheatley, mm-hmm. played by Marielle Heller. She does a really good job of being really supportive to Beth. But she is also, right. uh, you slowly find out that she also is an addict. Kind of also due to societal pressures and norms of the time but she does a really good job of supporting beth even though she doesn't know what the fuck's going on like like she tries to pick up on what they're talking about but she really doesn't get it she just know that beth loves she's yeah she's like a good a good avenue for the audience because like right she's like us we don't i mean assuming she's like the average audience member i should say not like not like us but, yeah, she's not know, a space there, there some... and a yeah, uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. we're real people. Jeez, we gotta stop lying to them. Right. Yeah. When it comes to chess, I definitely know more than Alma does. Sure. But I'm I am only a few steps above Alma. Where yeah. Like, I right. don't know. I don't know moves. I don't know strategies. I mean, I know how to play it. Yeah. And I know how to think about two spaces or two moves ahead. Yeah. But I can't think any further than that. And, you know, most of the time I always predict the my opponent wrong. Right. You know, it's right. like I think I think two moves ahead and then I move they do a move that I wasn't thinking they would make and I'm like, Well, fuck, now oh shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but like that is Alma is like she becomes where we're at. She gets to that level where she can understand the game, she can watch it and be entertained. And on another level with this show, not only does she support Beth Harmon, Beth's character in, in her tournaments, she also kind of uses Beth. She does. She like starts to she starts to live vicariously through Beth and then uses these uh these tournaments to explore herself and her own world. This is but true. She's not she's not using Beth in a evil way. No. Or like a very selfish way. It's just a way to explore herself. I would you know, say she... that both of them support each other. I would say that they right. support each other because she, yeah, she's a divorced woman who lived a good portion of her life as a housewife. So she yeah. doesn't necessarily have any skills. So she probably wouldn't be able to get a job. And she's supposed to support both her and Beth. And while mm-hmm. Beth starts making all this money and traveling everywhere, so Alma decides, well, I'm going to be your manager. I'll call in. To yeah. school for you because I am legally your mother, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and they—that's how they make a living, and it is really kind of what they had to do at the same yeah. time. It was their really their and, only choice, and they—they they make Beth makes good money doing it. Yeah, and they, and they also just like neither of them are good at making friends. Like, yeah, they're both very. Not, I don't want to say antisocial because they're not antisocial. They're just they've kind of grown to a spot in their lives where they don't know how to interact with others right beth grew up in an orphanage she had jolene as a friend but that was really about it when she once she entered this world with all these chess players she just became kind of became focused on chess at being great at chess and she only started making friends because she's kept meeting the same people at tournaments right and they would they would constantly because they got beaten by her they were just like rooting for her to keep going so it's like that's how she started making friends were these people who just keep rooting her to go on and one of those friends is uh just to toss these two important people out there's uh i I don't remember his first name but there's beltic who is one of the first champions she built harry beltic Played by Dudley Dursley, uh, Harry uh, Melling. Yeah, Harry got to play Harry, um, but he was uh, from Kentucky. 
Yeah, I wanted to say his name was Harry, but I had written his the actor's name next to it, which was Harry Melling. And I was like, no, they wouldn't have made him Harry Beltic. That's silly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's he's really great. You know, he he does yeah, kind of care for. Chat. He's just like he's just like Beth, but like he's he he studied to be good at the game. But he's right. like Beth in that he's kind of antisocial and he only knows people through these tournaments. Right. And both of these characters kind of explore just uh, not not themselves really, but like relationships in general with each other. Right. Not to a good degree, but no, it definitely falls flat on its face. But yeah. I do really like Harry. I mean, he yeah. he uh, he comes back in later on. He's so shy with some concern for her. She kind of just throws it in his face. But then, right. yet yeah, he's still there again for her at the end. So yeah. he, is he really cares. Benny Watts, played yeah. by Thomas Brody Sangster. Brody Sangster, I think that's... Yeah, he's the one who never right. ages. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, he bothers me. But, but with, Harry, with, with Beltic, he is shy. He cares a lot for her, but he is shy. With yeah. Benny, he cares a lot for her, and he is very confident in himself. Like yes, he is. He is. Yeah, he's he is super cocky. They're both kind of egotistical, him and yeah, they yeah, they, they are. Uh, but Benny is like he's like the the Western kid in the <laughs> Willy Wonka movie. I can't remember. But he lives in New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's you know he's really good at the game. He I don't want to say I don't want to spoil any of the 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 matches, but his his competitions with beth are a lot of fun he teaches her yeah. a lot about herself and about the game and speed chess and speed chess yeah and i think if they were to do a second season th- her relationship with benny would be the one i would focus on the most oh yeah sure but as i was saying thomas brody sangster that he doesn't age i don't know like, he, he still no. looks like a kid keanu reeves turned him he's older than me <laughs> i know I, when i I looked him up because I'm like, how old is this kid? Is he only like 22? No, he's like 28 or 29. Well, dude, and it's just know, like he looks like he's a teenager still. Anya Taylor Joy had her 30th birthday. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, she's, <laughs> I mean they're both just a touch older than us. Anya, at least though, looks like our age. I I would say. You think so? Yeah. She looks. She definitely looks mid 20s. He does look rather young, and I'm sure that he has plenty of people. I'm sorry, Thomas. You just you just look like you're still in high school. And you know what? It's gonna favor you when you're fifty. You're right. gonna look great. Well, I mean, if yeah, if whenever uh, what's his name turns down the Tom, what's his fuck, Colin turns down Spider Man whenever he's done with that. Yes, <laughs> there you go. This kid doesn't age. He can always play at high school. Or something. He can always speak Spider Man. Yeah, <laughs> that's always a wanted position. He, no, joking aside, he's amazing in this show yes, too. I really love is, Benny. Yeah. It's a very interesting character. He he's got a lot of quirks, but the the confidence is there. It's hilarious to me. I don't know and there's why. there's just so much to the relationship though that can be explored. And I think that yeah. if they were going to do another show, that would be it. Would be to explore that relationship. Right, but there is this actualization at the end of the show for beth but with flashbacks with her mother about her mother saying things about like you don't need a man to come in and tell you what to do with your life right and she does i feel like the ending really is strong on that like that she still is taking that advice except for she's expanding it to understand that you do need the people in your life to support Mm -hmm. you but you don't have to make them define you, though, at the same time. No, no, you, you don't. And I'm not saying that she should be defined by a relationship. I'm right. just saying that they should explore that relationship. Sure. Because I think there's there's so much more still for them both to learn from each other. Yeah, I mean, Benny still has a lot to learn. To, <laughs> also, yeah, about himself. <laughs> yeah. Well, about, I yeah. don't know. He, he definitely uh, is a peacock, um, which, you know, we right. love our peacocks. I love him. He's so adorable. Yeah. Another character I really enjoyed that I think is there's still more to explore is Towns. Uh, one yeah. Of, uh, Beth's first loves. She has a crush on the chess player named Towns, played by Jacob Fortune Lloyd. I don't know. There, there's so much to enjoy with Towns and, and the story they tell through him. Yeah, there that, could have been more of that. Know, I wish, yeah. If there was like three so more episodes death. of this series, he would have been in another one of them. But there's not. But some of these episodes are really long. Like what? Like yeah. they're definitely uh, inconsistent 
lengths. I think one of them is like an hour and 15 minutes or something. And they hooked me immediately because I'm the kind of guy that, like, as I said before, I can't binge. I don't know what it is about me, but it's just like it's really hard for me to watch two episodes of something back to back unless those episodes are like 20 minutes long. But this show this show tricked me because the first episode only has like one minute of Anya Taylor-Joy and then they go to her childhood where it's a different actor who also right. does a great job. I right. sadly don't have that child actor pulled up. I actually do. Isla Johnston. Well, yeah, she does a great job in that first episode. But but they tricked me because Anya is in it so little. And I would I had gone into this show on the premise that I wanted to watch it for Anya Taylor-Joy. Right. I mean, they hooked me They hooked me immediately without her. So it's like, yeah. you know, even without her, they did job. a great job. Everything everything around her is amazing, and then she herself is also amazing. But I had to watch this. I had to watch the second episode because I was just oh, like, yeah, well, damn course. it!" Yeah, and then because of that, I was hooked into watching two episodes a night. So yeah, <laughs> it's a good show. It progresses in a, in a, in a great way. Yeah. It does keep you going. So let me ask you though: Do you think that that first episode needed that immediate rest to get you interested? Um. I think it helped because I was expecting it to come around again. Right. Yeah. So you're looking for her to become Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah. So one one thing I wanted to bring up is that if you're going to tell a story, the easiest way to win me over is if you tell the story in a Dickensian way. If you tell it like Charles Dickens, which is everything that is set up basically in the front comes back in the end. So it's like decisions right. made at the beginning impact the end. And this show does that so freaking well that's you know the inmediate rest beginning helped me because it's like it, i was sitting here thinking what's going to lead her to that position and then in the first like two or three episodes they lay every single paving stone needed to get her there and everything comes to fruition in the end like everything they set up they answer and it's it's or they capitalize upon all it's just it's really well done it's it's so it's great storytelling and and to shout him out it's it's written and directed by scott frank who is the writer of minority report and logan interesting Uh, yeah so you know he's 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 a well-established writer for movies and he also wrote the wolverine but i'm not you know logan was much better logan was amazing (laughs) 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 so we can forgive the wolverine I mean, my Minority Report's an amazing movie too. But he, he I did do such like a great job. This yeah. this is such a well adapted story that again, I immediately went out and bought the book. Once I finished the episode, the the seventh episode, the finale, I immediately just was like, "All right, Barnes Noble, send that shit my way because I want it." Get it here. It's only two hundred. It does or something like that. I'll so. tell you one thing. It does make me want to buy a po- uh, uh, like a pocket chess a book. You know, like. Oh. like yeah something to learn the game because like it's it's intriguing it uses like you said enough information about the game to make you feel like you can understand it which i mean it's so fucking complex that probably never in a day for me but i i do have a couple of friends who are really into chess so it would be fun to mm-hmm. to get learned up on it i've always wanted yeah, to play it and i love strategy games but i just i fucking suck at chess and i feel like maybe yeah. if i had more instruction that would help me also it's probably well not, i shouldn't say probably but it feels like chess is more of a, a speedier game so it's like if you play with it, a clock sure yeah well i mean even if you don't like i feel like not to not to impose upon you but like if you were to play chess when, when you play strategy games you are a very careful decision maker you, yes you, you look at everything and you you think over almost everything like you 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 think out the process so with chess there's just so much to do there that like as you said you just need you just need that guidance you need that right that that, that pocketbook exactly where you're at now it just it, it probably just takes you too long in one game and you start feeling like i gotta make a decision i gotta make a move. that's exactly it like i feel like oh shit this person's waiting for me so there's there's yeah. there is some pressure there yeah, we used to yeah. to the Gilligan's Island theme when we play risk games. We would sing a three-hour <laughs> turn because yeah. I still yeah. do that, and people are like, "What the fuck are you?" Doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'll be at, I'll be at work, and like somebody will be taking a while to to say something or to give me something, and I'm just like, "Come on, stop taking a three-hour turn here!" And they're just like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> that is such a yeah. 
definitely just us reference. Yeah, we're not intuitive chess players. We're we would have to devote a lot of time oh, yeah. and study to be great chess players, and I just don't have that fucking time. I'm trying to learn the the fucking harmonica right now. And it's like, <laughs> you know, I've had yeah. the thing for two months, and I, I barely know, I can play the the beginning to uh, you don't know how it feels to be me by Tom Petty, and and the the, the Doctor Who theme song, and that's about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. You know the Doctor Who theme song. Uh, I, also, I know the Tom first Petty's like five great. bars. Yeah. I know the first five bars of the Doctor Who theme song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know the Doctor Who theme song yet. I'm working on it. All right, you want to do closing statements for this show? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. All I mean, right. I think it's very, very obvious that I highly recommend it. It's oh yeah. Again, being a miniseries makes it so much easier for me to watch. Um, I got through all of Band of Brothers just because it's a miniseries. You know, it's like a ten hour movie. And I was like, yeah. ooh, I'm interested in this. It's only 10 episodes. And it's just, but I blasted through it. And it was the same thing with this, where it's like, this seems like just a a six to seven hour movie, and I'm down for it. Right. And if I had to, I could watch it all over again easily, because it's a period piece. Love that. It's already got me. It does that really well. It's very right. subtle, and it's not too focused upon, but it does it really well. And the characters in her life, all the men around her, and Beth Harmon herself, the character, they're all so well thought out and like explored, really yeah, and so well realized by the actors that you know it's just it's super entertaining, and I absolutely love it. And again, Anya Taylor Joy, I have yet to see her do any wrong. <laughs> uh, there, yeah. has, I mean, not aside from my my weird crush, like aside from my <laughs> fangirling over her. She she really is a great actor. She is. And she knocked it out of the park yet again. You know, she deserves all the accolades she's been getting for this role because she fucking killed it. It's amazing acting. So when are they going to give her a Star Wars movie or a cape? That's It's going to happen. Yeah, I'm assuming soon. I, I Actually, I think I heard talks that she was in the uh, one of the final runnings for Batgirl, too. Oh, really? That would be... I think yeah. that could work. I could see that. Well, it's like there's her, there's Emma Stone. I mean, Emma Stone's, I think, a little older. She is a little uh, older, I like feel like. Mid-30s. Um, yeah, so, though I am know. excited for Corella, I have to say. I want to know yeah, what they're going to yeah. do with it. I got I interested. Gotta Coming soon to you all, Couch Potatoes. Yeah, I hope it's not like what I've said. Anyhow, yeah, uh, can't get this is what I thought about this show. Oh, wait, I don't think you gave it a rating, did you? Yeah, sorry, I didn't. Let me look over and make sure I didn't forget anything. But no, I really, I really just liked how they told this story, and I loved oh, everything yeah. about it. So yeah, I would give it uh, four stars. Like it's Hell easily yeah. a perfect show. The only, I the only it. like negative I had was that the finale doesn't seem as well capitalized upon as it could have been. Sure. You know, uh, I mean, the the Queen's Gambit is the name of it, and she uses the Queen's Gambit at the very end. But they don't really make much of a fuss about it. They just kind of right. mention it in passing. You right. know, just if you're, if you're listening, you hear the announcer say, "And she's starting out with the Queen's Gambit. That's a bold move." And it's just yeah. like, "Oh, that's that's all. That's all we're gonna the play off of the entire title of this whole yeah. thing." Okay, I thought there, there well, there are that. things throughout where they talk about how it's not typically worth it because. There's a lot of ways around it, typically. Right, right. But, but yes, I, I guess I could agree with that. But it, the in that last episode, the conversations that she gets to have with these Russian chess characters yeah. that makes it a very uh, satisfying ending for right. me. Especially, especially because who's the one that she plays all the time? Borkov. Um, Borkov, he is like you know he's the best he is the best and she yeah. faces him like three times or four times maybe throughout this series and it's just that that final confrontation which is obviously the final matchup in the whole show it's just i don't know they, they've been m- casting this character in so much mystery and intrigue forever that when you finally get to see a little bit of him it's really kind of like very enjoyable to watch yeah oh yeah and it's like there's, there's a they... moment where he and he and beth have a uh, I'm try- I don't know how to say it without spoiling things, but th- there's a moment where they have a, like a little bit of a confrontation, right. whether it's you know violent or good, I won't say. But it- it's such a it's such a great experience that I just love it. Yeah, the, his involvement in the show, I I loved all of it. Uh, very well portrayed by Markine Dorachinsky. So probably Marcin Marcin Dorachinsky. 
I think that's his name. And I, I fucked it up each time I said it. But uh, he does a good job. And yeah. for my closing statement, I'm 100% with pretty much everything you said. I do think that the ending is very well satisfied. So I kind of really hope that they don't have a second season. But if they come out with a second season, you better believe I'll watch it. Because it's right. a fucking good show. And I just want to know what they'd come back with. The problem is, is like with A Handmaid's Tale. I think I might have missaid the title of that. But watch the first season of that because I really love that book. And it was a great TV show. Now they're on like their fourth or fifth season. And, I'm, and I don't know. Like I dropped off somewhere in the middle of the second. So right. I don't know what they're what they're going for really. Right. Yeah, I, I I agree though. I think a a shorter, concise story makes for a Definitely. much more enjoyable experience. So it's like if they were to come out with a second season, maybe I wouldn't like it as much. Right. In which case, the first one might be harder for me to return to because exactly. I would feel obligated to go on because I have OCD and that shit sucks. Right. But I I I mean, again, as I said at the beginning, if they want to do a second season, I'm on board. Right. But I do think I do agree with you that. What they have delivered here is a perfect package, and they don't need to. They don't And I would be happy if they don't. Yeah, I think I'm very well satisfied. If I didn't say face and a half series, go out, turn on your your streamers and and watch. Your Netflixes. Your Netflixers. Get your Netflixers on the cube. (laughs) So, what's next for us? What are we doing next time? Next... Next Thursday? What are we having out next Thursday? I don't yeah. fucking know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's our show then. Thank you all very much for listening. Uh, I, I could tell you that the ne- uh, the next TV show, the next TV talks we'll do. Oh, yeah. Either one that's on the docket would probably be either Loki, if that comes out before I can finish Lovecraft Country, which is the one I'm currently working on. Yeah. I, I'm so, most of the way through Lovecraft Country, man. Uh, I love I'm it. I'm third really of the so way. Far, so. I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. It's right up my alley. So yeah, definitely. I'm hoping it, I'm hoping Twisty it continues turning. to deliver. So, thank you all very much for listening. We love you all, Couch Potatoes. Uh, Indeed we do. Thanks for your support out there. Safe travels and good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. If you like the show, please show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, subscribe, wherever you might listen. We also now have a Patreon account. If you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. You can also find more information about us on our Facebook account or on the FictionWorks19 Instagram account. Thank you so much for listening.